0: Well, one more time, welcome. We are so glad that you are here today. Welcome to our Facebook family for joining us uh, and just thankful for all that God has in store. We are in the middle of a series called Prove It, just looking at how we believe that our faith needs to be something that we can prove. Not just from a historical standpoint. I believe that is something that we can do and that we should do. But I believe even more so that we should be able to prove our faith by the way we live. That our lives should be giving evidence of God's grace and God's mercy upon us. And that should be something that should be extending to the people around us. Uh, Last week I mentioned how much I love math. And and you're going to see a lot of different math analogies through this uh, series. If you're not a math person, um, I apologize. Uh, you only got six more weeks and, and and we'll be done throwing around math analogies. But hopefully we all learn a little something and, and recognize that God did use math to kind of showcase his order, to showcase how perfectly he put things in line. And um, I know that last week my message kind of Hit a chord. I I got a lot of fan mail uh, from the message. Okay, I got one text message, but um, but they liked my my joke so much they threw a a joke back at me, and so I I thought it was worth sharing. And so um, so here's our math joke for the week. Did you know that four thirds of people in the world have a problem with fractions? And so, like, in case you're not laughing, I need to help explain this. What this means is that if right now there are 300 people watching this service, either here in person or those on, you understand I'm a person of great faith, right? 300 people are watching and connecting with us today. 400 of you don't get this joke. I think that's at least half, and, and so I apologize for those of you that I'm offending by, by, by not bringing you in and helping you understand what's happening here, but hopefully you're still excited to be here this morning, and hopefully uh, we can get through the bad uh, math jokes and we will all get on the other side. I think, I think one of the reasons why I always liked math was, again, because there, there was always a solution, you could always kind of find the, the way, but I think the reason why people don't like math is because there's just a lot of really complicated formulas. There's a lot of stuff that once you start slipping on some of the fundamentals, the more complex things are hard to keep a hold of. And and so, and obviously when math gets complex, it gets really complex. There's just a a lot of ins and outs and in different things. And so Today, I want to help us look at what are maybe some common errors when it comes to math, but also, what are some common errors when it comes to faith? Because the truth is, I think a lot of people don't like Christianity for a lot of the same reasons that they don't like math. That it seems like there's a lot of complicated formulas that that people have to follow these rituals or do these things. And and there's different layers to Christianity and there's all these different denominations and just, it gets confusing. But that's why I think it's important that we go back and we look at the fundamentals. Look at places where it's easy to get tripped up and figure out how do we get the baseline correct and move forward. And so today, I want to talk about making the grade what do we need to really make the grade in math? What do we need to really make the grade when it comes to our faith? And so, because obviously that's, that's what the issue is, right? We don't, we don't want to fail math. We don't want to fail our faith. And I'm hoping that by the time we get done here, we come to a realization that one of the stumbling blocks, I think, when it comes to people talking about faith, when it comes to people receiving faith, is this idea of sin. Sin is something that we hear about a lot in the Bible, and I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. But what I want to project to you today, what I want to try to help us to hold hold on to, is, is this idea that a Christian life is going to be one that embraces the truth that we are sinful, that there's things that we need to confess, but that we have a God who is full of forgiveness. We have a God who desires to lavish good things upon us. And that once we start recognizing that, everything else that life brings our way kind of sort of makes sense. It kind of fits into the framework of faith. And so that's my hope for us today. We are continuing to look at this ancient letter sent by a man named John to the early church. He was sending it because there were a lot of people who were beginning to question was Jesus really real? Did he really say the things he said? Was he even really physically present in the world? Was there really a resurrection? And so John who was one of Jesus's closest friends wrote this letter to help the churches in that day understand Jesus really lived. He really died. He really rose from the dead. I was his closest friend. I saw these things happening. And so they, he was writing these things to help people grab a hold of. This is who Jesus really was. And this is why we can have confidence in our faith. And so one of the things that he brings out early in this letter is this concept of sin and repentance and forgiveness so that his readers would quickly understand how important it is to live a life of repentance, and so I want to read for us today 1 John chapter 1 verses 5 through 10. If you can um, and you're willing, why don't you uh, go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word? Again, we're looking at John 1, 1, John 1, 1 through or 5 through 10, and this is how it reads out of the New Living Translation. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but we go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim not to have sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that
1: His Word has no place in our hearts. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you have declared to us. The beauty of God, His holiness, His light. I pray today that as we take a moment and look at this
0: idea of forgiveness, this idea of repentance, that it wouldn't be a stumbling block, but that it would be something we willingly embrace that we choose to be people of repentance. We choose to live lives to give glory and honor to a God who is perfect and who has invited us into his family. So today, I pray that you would bless us, that you would help us to better understand your word and that we have the ability to better apply it as well. I thank you for who you are, for all that you do as we pray these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, before you see it, I want you to do some calisthenics, some jumping jacks, stay warm, wave at a few people while you're being seated. Let them know you're excited to be at church with them. If you're online, please let us know you're with us. Uh throw something in the chat and let us know that you are uh, excited to be here uh, and maybe that you're excited that uh, you're in your warm homes. So, all right. Well, as I mentioned, there are some pretty simple errors that happen when it comes to mathematics, and I think there's some pretty simple errors when it comes to our faith too. Uh, when it comes to math, uh, at least according to Math Geek Mama, that there there's three basic problems when it comes to math falling apart, and As I got to looking at that, I was like, man, that kind of really applies a little bit to Christianity as well and to our faith. And so the first thing that I want to challenge you to do, if you want a strong faith, if you want a faith that endures, we need to be people who give careful attention. We give careful attention to the important stuff. According to that website, one of the major reasons that people have problems with math or that you know, it falls apart in them doing math is careless errors. They're, they're just not paying attention to what is on the page in front of them. They don't read the instructions properly. They don't, they don't, like they're rushing through and just trying to get it done, and they're not paying attention to all the stuff that's on the page that they're supposed to be paying attention to. One of my math teachers uh, decided to pull a prank, I guess, on us. And, or maybe, I, actually, I think here's the issue. He was tired of us not reading his instructions on the test. And, so, and, and that's important. If you're taking a test, you have to read all of the instructions. And so he gave us this test. I mean, I free it like three, four, five pages long. And at the top, he, he warned us, make sure you read all of the instructions before you start the test. And so at the top, I mean, he had like this paragraph of instructions, which the last sentence said, read all
1: of the problems before you solve any of them. Which most of the class didn't read. <laughs>
0: And so they get started, they start doing their computation there. On the, but if you read all of the questions, the last question said, if you've gotten this far, sign the back of your test, turn it over, and, and find something else to do. You get an A on the test. And so, like, all of these people are scrambling, and, and like, I read it. I was like, oh, wow. I, I, I thought it was weird. I followed through. I got to the end. I'm like, oh, I, I put my initials on the back, turned it over, pulled out a book, and just started reading. And, and so it's important. You've got to pay attention to the important stuff. You've got to pay attention to the instructions. And I think when it comes to Christianity, people have a lot of careless errors because they equate faith with something that faith isn't. They, they, they equate Christianity to things that have, have wigged them out. I think if you were to talk to somebody and ask them, why, why don't you believe in Christianity? They're going to give you all sorts of different answers. And if that's you, if you're here in this room or if you're watching online and you say, I don't really believe this stuff. First of all, let me say, welcome. We're glad you're here. We're glad that you're interacting with this still. But but if you're one of those people, or if you were to talk to one of those people, I would be willing to bet the thing they say bothers them about Christianity really has nothing to do with Christianity. It's careless errors. It's things that kind of got sidelined. You, when you talk to them, you might hear stories of like, well, I can't believe in Christianity because of all those crazy Christian preachers on television. Or, or they'll point to all the scandals. And the uh, last few months, we've had a, quite a few that, people can point to of Christians who were supposed to be examples and kind of did the wrong things. Or, maybe a little bit more legitimately, they'll talk about being heard at church. Someone saying
1: something or doing something. And they just decided, "I, I don't want to be anything about that. But it's important as believers and it's important as someone who wants
0: to believe that we don't go to the Christian experience and say, Christianity is what all of the people around me are doing. Christianity needs to be rooted in who Jesus is and who he said God was. We read in verse 7, it said, But if we are living in the light as God is in the light,
1: then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This verse right here is foundational.
0: If you want to be able to prove your Christianity, if you want to be able to prove to the world that Christianity is true,
1: we've got to take this instruction seriously. I mean, let's just pull it apart real quick. If we are living in the light as God is in the light, I mean, think about it. How many people look at God not as light, but as anger? I've met non-Christians and Christians who would tell me they believe God is angry with them. Here we see God is light, God is love.
0: God desires for us to be with Him. To walk in the light. That's the very opposite of being angry with us. Now, recognize, sometimes we do things that we shouldn't do, but God still loves us. Much the same way if you're a parent and your child does something that they shouldn't
1: do. You still love that child. You may not like what they've done, but you still love them. So here we see God loves us.
0: He's inviting us to live in the light with Him. The other thing is, he says, if we're living there, we're going to have fellowship with one another. That means we're going to like each other. I mean, maybe one more time, look across the aisle, grin at somebody, let them know you're, you're excited to be doing faith with them. The way we have fellowship with one another shows the world that this thing is real. And it's especially important in a time right like now when there are so many Christians who are dividing over silly things. I think if you're looking for a church where all the people look like you and all the people act like you and all the people vote like you, you're missing the point. The whole point of Christianity is that we should should be able to love each other despite the differences. I mean... We need the weird people in the church. So if you're one of the weird people, thank you. Thank you for being a part of the church.
1: Thank you for being someone that helps us grow. And if you're not one of the weird people,
0: check again, you might might have more weirdness than you're willing to admit this morning. But we need each other. And it's learning to get along and learning to be in mission together
1: with people you don't always agree with or you wouldn't always like to be around. It's that love that
0: showcases to the world that we really have this. I mean, you read it right here. This is John
1: saying, Jesus told us, if you don't have fellowship with each other, you're not in the light. And then he says, We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I mean, how many careless errors
0: would be avoided in Christianity if we just applied this verse? If we just remembered God loves us, that he's inviting us to be in the light, that he's commissioned us to love each other and to treat each other well
1: even when we don't agree with each other. And that What cleanses us is not the rules, the rituals, the showing up and and coming out on a cold winter day. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm glad you came. I'm glad you showed up. I'm glad you're working to live a life that honors him. But it's Jesus alone. It's his blood alone.
0: And if we apply anything else, it's a careless error. We are not paying good attention. So let's let's take some time this week
1: and look over our faith and give careful attention to how we're living. Are we living by this verse? Another thing that you have to do if you're going to be good in mathematics is you've got to check the character.
0: One of the problems with people in math sometimes is they don't pay attention to the character on the page. They, they will add when they're supposed to be subtracting, or they'll divide when they're supposed to be multiplying. And, and so they don't look at the, the characters there, and so they do what is called just a, a calculation error. They're, they're, they've, they've got all the right stuff there, but they're taking and, and putting something that shouldn't be there. And so that's, that's why math, a good math teacher is going to want you to show your work. Because especially with a complex mathematical problem, usually there, there's one little computation error somewhere that you add instead of subtracted, or you added the wrong things together. Or they're, they're, and so if you don't take some time and look at your work, you're going to miss it. And that character is so important. If it's a minus sign or a plus sign, it changes everything. Trust me, go look at your thermometer. <laughs> that, that plus and that minus, that means something today. And so you, you got to make sure you're checking the character correctly. I think the thing is the same in our faith. We got to check the character. We're, we've already talked about a little bit about God, but I want to continue that because we have to make sure we understand his character in verse 5, we read, this is the message that we heard from Jesus
1: and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in Him at all. He is perfect. And I know that's hard to wrap our minds around sometime because we've never met anyone perfect. At least I don't think I have. My wife's pretty close, but... We, we all have flaws, but God's perfect. His love is perfect. He's loving us in
0: a perfect way. Even when things don't feel like they're going the right way, we, we have a confidence that we have a good God who's working
1: these things for our good as well. And then there's a little bit about us too, that we, we have to recognize God is good, and, and we're not. Verse 6 talks about if you...
0: So we are lying if we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness.
1: We are not practicing the truth. I mean, one of the issues that we get into sometimes is people
0: are trying to add the wrong things and subtract the right things. They're trying to make Christianity about you doing better stuff. I mean, I think you need to be doing better stuff, but that's not what this is about. Or they try to think that on my own, I can be good. See, I mean, they, they, rather than adding God, they're adding more themselves. Rather than ch- subtracting their sin, they,
1: they're adding their own self-worth. They're, they're They're putting things in. And here's the thing. A lot of people
0: don't like Christianity because they think Christians are acting like we're the good people and everyone out there, they're the bad people. When I read my Bible, I see there's only two types of people mentioned in the Bible.
1: There's bad people and then there's Jesus who likes to take bad people and give them life. And so if we, if we are people who are fallen and we're trying to show the world that we're good people just by doing good things, that's why this thing gets messed up sometimes. That's why we've got
0: to show the work. We, we, we do have to do good things, but it's got to be done in a heart of love in a recognition that it's, we're not doing it to earn our salvation. We're not doing it so that we can look good. We're doing it so he can look good. We're doing it because we want to make his name famous, not so that we can prove to the people around us that we're good Christian folk. This has to be something. We've got to check the character. What are we trying to add to? Are we trying to add to our fame, or are we trying to
1: add to his fame? Are we trying to make us greater? are we trying to make him greater? And so we got to check the character. we got to check
0: why are we doing what we're doing. And if we're doing it to make ourselves look good, let's take some time and pull back. Let's, let's rework the equation and recognize this is all about letting people see the goodness of our God. It's all about helping others to recognize we're just
1: as messed up as they are but we have a God that loves us so much and he's willing to invite them in as well. And so, if you're still having errors after you've paid
0: per- careful attention and you've checked the character, sometimes it's just as simple
1: as you've got to make sure you understand the concept. So, as I mentioned, in math, concepts get more complicated the
0: farther down you go. And, and sometimes it's just it's just as simple as wrapping your mind around the concept. What, what is being asked of me in this level of mathematics? What is being asked of me at, at this point? And, and I think the same thing is true, that we have conceptual errors when it comes to Christianity sometimes. That we make it about things that it's not. That we make it about a program, we make it about a church, we make it about... A building we make it about
1: whatever and we're getting the concept all wrong verses 8 through 10 i think help to ground us conceptually but if we
0: claim we have no sin we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth but if we confess our sins to him he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness if we claim not to
1: sin not to have sinned we are calling god a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts this is where we need to recognize one of the foundations of christianity is that we are a people of repentance that we are not people who have figured it out, that we've arrived, that we're somehow holier or better than anyone else. We've simply chosen to keep coming back and confessing. Keep coming back and allowing God to cleanse us. If we, if we ever get to the point where we believe we've arrived, we've missed everything.
0: I mean, I'm looking around the room right now, I'm seeing some amazing people. I love that you guys are a part of the church here. I look at your lives and and, and I'm proud
1: to call you a part of this church. But all of us have to recognize daily that there's things that we don't
0: do right. That's why last month I encouraged you to try to do that daily examine where you take five minutes every day and just look at where have I missed it. And keep a short account with God rather than going days and days and days without seeking His grace. Every day, take five minutes. Look at what you've done
1: that hasn't lined up with what God has spoken to you. And just say, God, forgive me. And then take time beyond
0: that and look for God's goodness Because I believe you're going to, if you're careful, you're going to see more of God's
1: goodness in your day than you will see in in the ways that you've messed up. We have to be people
0: who are constantly going back to repentance, constantly looking at our lives and going, How have I not measured up today? What can I do different? How can I allow more of God's presence, more of the Holy Spirit in me? Because the truth is,
1: you're never going to be holy. Just by trying to do better. Your anger, your your righteous indignation is not going to make you a better person. It's submission.
0: It's recognizing we have to come back and confess again and again. We have to come back and daily ask for more of the Holy Spirit. You've heard me say this in the past, but it's worth repeating. We don't get love, joy, peace, all of those things because we try harder. The Bible tells us that's the fruit
1: of the Spirit. It's not our fruit. We need His presence in us to produce more of it. And the way we get more
0: of His presence is we confess where we've messed up. We ask for forgiveness.
1: And we ask for Him to fill us again, fresh and anew, every day. Martin Luther, you may have heard of him. He gets a
0: lot of press, especially around... Uh, these parts, uh, but I, I love what he said about repentance. He said, When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. The entire life, not one event. Like we, so often, we put such a big emphasis, as we should on someone making an initial decision to follow Christ, saying that one prayer, that one sinner's prayer, that one act of repentance to turn their lives around. And, if, and we're going to give people an opportunity to do that today. I try to give people an opportunity to do that every Sunday because I don't want someone to miss that.
1: But it's not just that one prayer. It's an ongoing, everyday repenting. Every day, admitting where you've fallen short and asking for God's help. I and mean, it's interesting. When you look at Paul, the apostle, he wrote a lot of letters in the Bible as well.
0: And when you look at his earlier writing, a lot of times he points to how good he is. You know, he, taught, he calls himself an apostle. He calls himself
1: all of these things. And in one of his last letters... He calls himself the chief of sinners. This is a guy who wrote more books of the Bible
0: than any other human being. Obviously under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but as far as human authors, he produced more books than any
1: other. And he calls himself at the end of his life the chief sinner. Was he getting worse? Was he getting more terrible as he went on in his faith? I don't think so. I think he kept coming back to this concept. He kept re-understanding the truth. They we're all sinners. But we have a great Savior. We all mess up daily. I mean, hopefully, if you've been in this
0: for any time, you're, you're doing it a little less than you were five years ago, ten years ago. Well, we all have things where
1: we need God's grace every day. That's why I thank God for His grace every day. Because I need it fresh and anew. And I believe so do you. We all need this. And so I want us to be people who don't make unnecessary errors.
0: That we make the grave. That we do the work to make sure we are staying on track with our faith and inviting others into a faith that's real. Not a faith that's based on performance. Not a faith that's based on this kind of attendance or that kind of a situation. A faith
1: that's based on these concepts alone. The concept that we have a good God. That we are not good people. But God in His grace is cleansing us and making us more like Jesus every day.
0: And so let's be people who continually revisit that. And so last week I mentioned we're going to be talking a lot about mathematics and mentioned the two main mathematical equations, most recognizable mathematical equations. The uh, second most mathematical equation known is pi talked about how pie is beautiful because it, it's a mathematical concept or constant. It, it's always there. And it's always perfect. And when you actually carry it out, it goes on forever. But the most beautiful part about pie is how it reminds us about pie. And so uh, this week, the offer is still there. Text in the word river and you get put into a drawing. Uh, I, I forgot... Uh, Kim's pie, but I, I've got, I got one for her this week. Uh, congratulations for winning. Um, but uh, it might be you this week. You never know. So text in that word river if you haven't done that already in 715-953. Um, and we will make sure, but, but make sure you just text in the word river, not, not anything else, just river, and just to that phone number. And, and we'll get you into that. Also, if your email is good on there, uh, we will send you a study guide just, just like five or six questions that you can ask around the lunch table today or, or maybe during the halftime show. I don't know how good it's going to be uh, today. Maybe, maybe you turn off the TV and, and, and ask each other these questions. And so you'll be getting those around noon uh, if you fill that out, and we got a valid email address for you. But as I mentioned last week, the most recognizable Equation is E equals MC squared. That that equation is known all over the world. And, and I believe it has a spiritual dynamic that we can apply as well. That, that if we're willing to go after spiritual energy, then we need your mass, who you are, connecting with the speed of light, God's light, that is revealed through his son Jesus Christ and through his word. So if you apply your life to the word of God into a relationship with Jesus, that's where you're going to start to see spiritual energy. That's where you'll be able to prove to the world this thing is real. And so let's activate it today. This week, activate your spiritual life. Take some time. Read through the book 1 John. If you read through it last week, wonderful. Read through it again. It's a good book. Maybe take some time, look at some other uh, passages of Scripture. Uh, John is really good if you want to keep reading in the Bible. But make sure you spend some time in God's Word this week. Take some time this week and memorize 1 John 3, verses 16 through 19. This is the fundamental passage in our series. I, I think it's one of the key passages in the book of 1 John that helps us understand this is how we prove to the world That this is real. Develop a relationship with Jesus through prayer. Take some time this week. Make sure you're carving out time for prayer. And then prove it. Prove your salvation. You're not earning your salvation by doing this, but prove your salvation by applying it to what God tells you to do. If God speaks to you, if you read something in the Word of God that you feel the Holy Spirit saying you're supposed to act on, act on it. I don't like study Bible studies as much as I like Bible doings. Don't, don't just hear the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. And so if you, can't, if you don't feel like God's speaking to you, I'll give you three easy things that I know God wants you to do. This week, tell
1: someone what God's doing in your life. Tell someone what God's doing in your church. Tell someone that God loves them. It can be the same person or find three different people.
0: But I believe if you'll just simply apply those three things, you're going to be amazed how God shows up in your life in new and exciting ways by simply obeying the truth that we're supposed to be letting people know. So is Christianity real? Yes, I believe it is. But it's up to you to prove it. Let's go out this week and prove that God is really real, that he's still moving in the lives of human beings, and that he has a church that is willing and ready to take this gospel to the world. So with that, we're going to invite the worship team up. And we've got one more song. And if you need to slip out, uh, you're welcome to do that. But uh, if you're able to hang around with us for one more song, uh, let's, let's all stand. I want to pray over us and bless us. Um, but then, then let's take some time and just worship God and go out commissioned, excited to take this message to more people. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you that you are A faithful God. That you are so good. That you provided your son. To be a sacrifice for us. And all we have to do. Is simply accept the gift. To repent. For the ways that we have lived. and to accept that gift of grace afresh today. So God, I pray that we would be a people of repentance. That we would be a people who recognize how much we need the goodness of God in us and through us. So God, teach us, help us, strengthen us, I pray. And if there's anyone who is connecting with our service today and you don't know God, but you recognize you you want a God who would love you enough to help you and strengthen you and to help you find what you were created for. I would invite you to pray a simple prayer. You can use my words. You can use your own words. You can Speak this out loud. You can speak it in the quietness of your heart. But I encourage you to pray something simple like this. Say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God rose you from the dead. Today, I ask that you would forgive me. I'm turning away from my old life, my old mistakes, my old sins, and I'm choosing to follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Give me the strength to live for Jesus every day. God, I thank you for new life. Today you have mine. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please come let us know. Send us an email. Send us a Facebook message. If you're online, click on that little button saying that you've given your life to Christ. We want to make sure. And You have to tell someone. Faith comes by confessing. You've got to confess that you've made this decision to follow Jesus. Let me bless us. Let's worship. Let's go out and prove to the world the goodness of our God. Jesus, we do pray that you would be with us today, that you'd be with us this week. That wherever we go, that Jesus, you would bless us and you would protect us. That you would be gracious toward us and smile upon us. And that every day we would walk in your favor and in your peace. As we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.